0: Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor Tim. I'm excited to be with you today, so I'm going to be clapping, too. we got some clapping that's going to be happening here right up front. Because here's the deal. As I was preparing for this week, I was sitting there and kind of thinking thinking back, you know, how long have I known Tim, and how long, you know, have I been a part of Crossroads? And I realized I have been a part of Crossroads Community Church for 16 years. 16 years! I mean, I walked—yeah, thank you. You're way too kind. I literally—I literally— I literally walked in the door of this place one day, 16 years ago, just wanting to meet new people, wanting to connect with people. And I mean, it's blown up since then. I mean, not since I walked in. I'm not saying it's all me, right? That's not what I'm saying. It's been around 100 years, you know. But like, literally, like, Think about it. I mean, like, I started right here at Goshen. And, like, let's be honest. Goshen, got to give it up. Give it up for Goshen no matter where you're sitting today, whether you're here at another campus. Goshen, yeah, you should be excited for yourself. Way to go. People out at drive and we love you too. Like, woo! Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. Like, I got my start at Goshen, then I moved away, and I came back. And I was a part of the Mishawaka campus. Where's our Mishawaka family? Hey, everybody, no matter where you are, give it up for Mishawaka. Give it up for Mishawaka. Come on. Come on, big, it's gotta be big claps, has gotta be big claps. Here's the thing, when I came back to work at Crossroads, right, because I was attending at Mishawaka, I came back to work at Crossroads, and then I moved to Florida, and I'm looking at you, Crossroads.online, YouTube, Facebook Live, I'm looking at you, because my first three weeks, I'm not gonna lie, I watched church from the comfort of my own bed, and so like, The struggle is real, folks. I mean, you could be watching church and all of a sudden your arms fall asleep and you crush your face with your iPhone. All right? The struggle is real. Here's the thing. We love you. Those of you who are streaming, we literally have people from all over the world who watch every week. And that's an awesome thing. And if you're by one of our campuses, here's my thing. I'm happy that you're part of our online community, but you need to get yourself to a campus because life is meant to be lived in community. Life is meant to be lived in community. And last, but certainly not least, St. Pete, I love you, you got my heart, I miss you guys, I'll be back soon, but guys, here's the amazing thing, literally I moved 1,200 miles nine months ago, we launched our campus like two and a half, three months ago, we baptized five people last month, that is amazing, that is what we're about, we're about change lives, And I tell you those things not to celebrate me. I mean, let's be honest, I'm pretty normal. But like I tell you those things so that you realize that A, your life can be changed here. Because I walked through the door 16 years ago and I wouldn't trade my life for the world because this place has connected me with God and with others more deeply. I tell you that so that you realize that. Be here. Be present. Be engaged. No matter where you are, be a part of Crossroads Community Church. I tell you that too for another reason. It is bigger than you. Every week there are people who come together who have the same belief. We gather with this mission of connecting people with God, celebrating changed lives, and contributing to the amazing communities around us, no matter where those communities are. And I tell you that to realize that your faith is bigger than just what happens in your life on a daily basis. Don't get me wrong, that's important. But the reality of it is, like, your life has eternal significance. It's bigger than this moment. It's bigger than you. And you know what? None of that would be possible without a faithful God, without the faithfulness of people like you and like me who've come before us. I mean, that's what we're talking about today. I mean, we've been going through this series, right? Pastor Tim's been walking us through this series on fruits. And we're talking about faithfulness today. The faithfulness that God has for us and the life of faithfulness that he calls us to live out in our lives, right? And if you remember, we're not just like pulling these fruits out of air, right? These characteristics, these gifts these graces that comes with a life that follows Christ. Oh, no. Actually, we're pulling it from this verse in Galatians and several other verses actually in Scripture, but it says this. The verse says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Like God's saying, I have these things for you. Like, I want you to experience love. I want you to experience joy. I want you to experience peace in your life. I want you to live a life that knows, like, the joy that comes from living a life of patience and on and on and on through each and every one of those fruits. And today we're talking about faithfulness. So the natural question then becomes, what is faithfulness? What is faithfulness? Well, if you remember way back when we started, and you've probably heard it a couple times since then, we said that love is the root of the fruit. Love is the root of the fruit. And so faithfulness is love abiding faithfulness is love abiding it's this idea of a continuing presence a trustworthiness a steadfastness that comes in life you know that moment where you feel like pretty easy about everything that's going on faithfulness is really enveloped in that concept it's this idea of love abiding right love's the root of the fruit right we see it all the time for god to love the world he gave his only begotten son love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind love your neighbor as yourself Faith, hope, love. The greatest of these is love. The reality of it is faithfulness is love abiding. And you see, I love it, right? Because like quite honestly, we live in a world where faithfulness isn't really present. I mean, you only need to turn on your TV or hop onto Facebook or Instagram or TikTok and realize that our world lacks faithfulness. In fact, it's pretty unfaithful. We literally have tens of millions of people who tune in to watch shows where like, people are like trying to find the perfect relationship and date with a bunch of other people involved. And like, it's like the, like the culmination, the pinnacle of unfaithfulness. And we're pumping it into our houses. <laughs> I mean, you got people who are like shaming people, trash-talking, trash-talking people, throwing people under the bus, two-timing people. And then at the end, the two people find love. And then our mind is blown when six months later, we're walking through the grocery store, we're on social media, and we're like, what, they're no longer together? It's just a big, <laughs> amen. It's just a big ball of unfaithfulness. Or how about look at, look, at our, look, at, look at the state of our society in which we live when it comes to like civics, right? I mean, we have an election every two years, right? Sometimes we have an election every year depending on where you live. And like we have an election every two years. And the irony of it is like being a part of the country that we are, we're fortunate enough to where like we have together come and said, we're gonna make a covenant with each other. We're actually gonna live civilly with one another. Caring for the common good and one another. And then what happens? 50% of the country trashes 50% of the country. And then that 50% of the country trashes the other 50% of the country. And we let it all just out there for all to see. Hey, we made that commitment to one another. It's part of living here. Did we? Seems like we're pretty unfaithful to one another. We're quick to throw each other under the bus. I get it. There's important issues. But like, that shouldn't, that shouldn't, dictate how we treat people. You know, there's the third thing, right? Look at our personal relationships. Like, you got shallow relationships, you got deep relationships, and the reality of it is how often are you watching people or maybe how often are you experiencing this in your life where you're literally like throwing people to the curb because they didn't do what you thought they should do or somebody didn't line up to the way the world thought they should line up. I mean, we do this in our own personal relationships where we experience it coming from other people in our own personal relationships. And I don't say this stuff to make you feel guilty. I say this stuff to, like, raise an awareness of it. I know you know it's there, but oftentimes we like to cram it to the back of our minds so that we don't have to think about it. And the reality of it is these are the messages that are pumping into our lives, into our homes, into our children every day. A world of unfaithfulness. (laughs) But I got good news we've got hope. Because there is the perfect picture of faithfulness, and his name is Jesus. We see it in the life of Jesus. You know, there's a verse that says this. He says, yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. You know, like, I am the vine, and you are the branches. We're connected, he's saying. And he said, you know, if you are with me, and I am in you, like, you will bear fruit. Without me, you're nothing. It's this picture of faithfulness. He says it it's said a different way. He says it a different way in a different part of Scripture. And I like this way because it kind of gets wordy, and you're like, whoa, what's happening here? Because he's like, I am with God, and God is with me, and I am with God, and God is with me, and I am with God, and God is with me. And we're like, okay, we get it. And then he's like, and I am with you, and you are with me, and I am with you, and you are with me, and I am with you, and you are with me, and you are with God, because I am with God, and you are with me, and I am with you, and you. He's talking about faithfulness. He's talking about how he's ever-present and connected with us, and he's connecting us with the creator of the universe. Jesus is the perfect picture of faithfulness. And you see, there's this passage that I want to talk about a little bit today because I think it's really important. It's in 1 Corinthians, and it starts like this, right? It starts like this, and there's really two sections. Like, there's a first part And there's a second part so i'm gonna hit the first part a little bit and i'm gonna hit the second part and the first part says this it says but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret hey the world is telling you all these things but i've got something for you it's a secret who doesn't love a secret come on everybody loves to hear a little bit of gossip even if it's not christian (laughs) right you get sucked into it that's why people like to watch these shows on television the reality of it is this is a secret that actually will significantly change your life. It says this, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. You will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet sounds at the end of time. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed. I'm going to pause. I jumped ahead a little bit too quick. I'm all excited. It's third service, right? And I'm getting ready to go to lunch. And I'm like, yeah. But no, I'm not going to cheat you. I'm not going to cheat you. We're going to stop right there. If you notice, what he's doing is, right, he's positioning it two different ways, right? You've got living, immortal, right? You're talking about immortal bodies, life, and you've got death. Life and death. And, like, if you notice, he says it, like, 15 times, it feels like. Like, we get it. Life and death is there. I felt like I should call it out for you, though, because I think it's important that we do all catch it. Because it's really important when it comes to faithfulness That we understand this concept You've got life And you've got death It goes on And says Then when our dying bodies have been transformed Into bodies that will never die This scripture will be fulfilled It says death is swallowed up In victory Oh death where is your victory Oh death where is your sting For sin is the sting That results in death Sin, death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death with our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Be faithful, be faithful. Always working enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. What's he saying? Sin and death, life, faithfulness. Sin and death, life and faithfulness. And it's what Scripture says life and life to the fullest. And so what you realize is as you begin to read that passage and kind of look at that juxtaposition between those two things, and it talks through kind of like, you know, like after that it kind of highlights a few different things, what you really find is what faithfulness is really built on. You want to know what faithfulness looks like? You can look at this passage, and the first thing you find is this. Faithfulness is built on dependency of God's grace. Faithfulness is built on the dependency of God's grace. Remember it said, but thank God. He gives us victory. But thank God. It's not by anyone else. It's not by you. It's not by me. Like, there's nothing up here that I can say that's going to, like, you know, you know, make sure that on Tuesday, when you wake up, you feel super well. Like it's only by God's grace. And your dependency on that grace where you're going to experience his faithfulness in your life. It says but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death. I mean, when you believe in your heart and you profess with your mouth, right? Scripture says you'll be saved. The reality of it is, though, you have to believe that with every area of your life. It's not just some of it. It's not just the things that make you feel comfortable. It's all of it. What do I mean by that? I mean, like, maybe you don't like where you are in your job. Maybe you signed up for something and it's not what you signed up for. And it's just, it makes you angsty. It controls your attitude. It controls your demeanor. It basically changes how you treat people. The reality of it is, like, you are there, like, for a purpose and a reason. Like, God has blessed you with a life, and there's where you sit. Are you depending on his grace in that situation and in that moment? Because I promise you this, like, if you're not you will not experience the faithfulness of god in your life because you won't see it you'll just see all your problems you see if you want to experience a faithful god in your life you've got to depend on god's grace it's really for me it's hard tough i'm not gonna lie like i struggle with faith i'm okay to say that (laughs) people like you struggle with faith you're the pastor you're up there speaking yep it practices harder than it preaches. The reality of it is there are some mornings where I wake up and I'm like, man, I don't know if I can do this today. Things you might dread, the way life's maybe going. The reality of it is I've got to depend on God's grace. I'm reminded when I was little, my mom tells me the story about when I was born, and I mean, I was present for it, but I don't really remember it right, because when you're born, you're just, yeah, you have no control over yourself. But me, I was, I was a traumatic birth. I was, my umbilical cord was wrapped around me. I was suffocating myself, literally. It was an emergency. I was born and I was in the hospital for several weeks. Like, there were times where I didn't open my eyes for a long time. They worried, is he going to be blind? Is he going to be developmentally, you know, disabled because of the lack of oxygen that he received? And and when I have those days where I'm like, I don't know if I can get up and do this, like, I am reminded that that moment is the purest moment where I have to depend on the grace of God. You see, my life wasn't an accident. There's a creator of the universe who made me beautifully and wonderfully in spite of any circumstance. And the reality of it is you don't have to have a traumatic experience like that in your life to realize that and depend on God's grace. You've got to wake up every morning saying, I'm going to depend on God's grace with every area of your life. The second thing we find from this scripture is we've got to trust in God's word. We've got to trust in God's word. And you might have missed it, but it says, the scripture will be fulfilled. And then, right, it goes on to, oh, death, you know, where's your victory? Where's your sting? You know, like it's saying, but the scripture will be fulfilled. What it's saying is you've got to cling to God's word. You've got to trust in God's word. You know, I know how it could be sometimes. You open your Bible, you're like doing it right before bed, and you're like, oh, this is going to get me ready for bed because I'm going to read a book that's super boring. And that's how you approach reading scripture. (laughs) Right? I've been there. I get it. The reality of it is that book is a narrative of a faithful God reaching down into an unfaithful world time and time and time and time again. We don't just sing songs that say, you turn graves into gardens, you turn bones into armies, you turn seas into highways. Like, those aren't words. Those are actually actions of God's faithfulness in our life that we see throughout scripture. And you don't know it though if you don't open it up. And you don't know it if you don't believe it. You see, that's the thing. When you get up on a morning and you just don't feel like today's gonna be the day or like you wanna do it or like you wanna go on, you're like, what am I even doing? It is in those moments where you cling to the grace of God and you cling to the truths of his word that remind you that it is a gift that you have another day. And you're able to go out and you experience those things because your demeanor, your perspective, your attitude, your worldview that stands in stark contrast to a worldview of unfaithfulness is actually living out who God has called you to be, right? Because when he says things like, hey, don't steal, hey, don't cheat, hey, don't covet what other people have, he's actually telling you things not so you can't have fun. He's telling you things so that you experience life. Life and life to the fullest, not death, not death because of sin. Man, I don't know about you, but I want life and life to the fullest. You gotta get into God's word, and you gotta trust his word if you wanna experience his faithfulness in your life and live a life of faithfulness to others and to him. You know, the third thing, the third thing that we realize from this passage is that there's a focus on eternity. There's a focus on eternity. You know, the passage said, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. I threw in there, be faithful. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. What do we mean by this? What do we mean by this? We mean, like, take your job, for instance. Maybe you live, maybe you work in a terrible environment. Maybe it's a bad culture. You could choose to do two things. You could choose to be angry and annoyed by it and treat people terribly, and be angsty, and come home and drag it home to your family. Or you can believe in the dependency that you have on God, trust in the word that he's put before you, saying that he will never leave you nor forsake you, right? He works all things for the good of those who love him. You can choose to do that, and keep an eternal perspective in mind. You know what that means? That means sometimes people you have a relationship with, if it's at your job or maybe it's you know, a familiar relationship or maybe it's friend or whatever, people who might sometimes be your enemy, you have to love them like you love yourself. Live into who God is calling you to be, those truths in his word, right? That's where you have an eternal perspective in mind. Maybe you have to have, maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum where you're like, it's not about managing, controlling all of these things, right? Like your relationships, your job, your finances, you know, how you feel. Like, you know, you spend a lot of time talking about all these things. Maybe it's not managing, controlling. Maybe you've just like checked out on half your life. Maybe you're binge watching half your time. Maybe you're just taking the right photos so that you can get the perfect little life out there so others will just like and swipe on by. Let me tell you this, God did not create you to reach 50% of your eternal potential. He created you to live life and life to the fullest. The reality of it is, if we wanna experience the faithfulness of God in our lives and we wanna live this faithfulness out in our lives, and experience the joy and the peace and the love that comes from that, you've gotta have an eternal focus. Because if you're not focused on eternally, you're focused on the stuff in the moment. And everything rusts and everything turns to dust. You know, sometimes you might be acting in the moment and you're like, I'm just living out what God's called me to live out and you don't see the end in sight. That's okay. Because our end goal, our treasure, our fill-in-the-blank is not of this world, but it's of an eternal realm. And when you live your life in that way, you experience God's faithfulness in your life. You know, I do, I love it. There are passages where Jesus talks about faithfulness and like it's expressed, you know, like where other people in scripture talk about God's faithfulness. And one of my favorite passages talks about Jesus because what you realize is all of these things, dependency on God's grace, right? Trusting in his word, focus on eternity. It's the life of Jesus. It's living a life like Jesus, and we see this moment, and I love it, I think, because it is, it's, it's tough for me. Like, sometimes, you know, I'm like, man, I don't know if I can deal with today. I don't want to, you know, I just want to, like, walk away and, like, not have to deal with anybody, you know? Like, this is just kind of overwhelming for me right now in this moment. But like there's this hero passage in scripture where it talks about Jesus and it says this, so God raised him to the highest place and gave him the name above any other name and that's the name of Jesus. And at that name, every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, it's a hero moment, right? He sits at the right hand of God and what did it say? If you actually like read right before that, it talks about obedience. And so what you realize is like, it doesn't say like Jesus sits at the right hand of God the Father because he performed miracles. Don't get me wrong, that's super awesome. (laughs) If I could perform miracles, I'd think I was pretty cool. (laughs) I hope you would too. That's not why he was raised to the right hand of God the Father, though. It didn't say, hey, he hung out with all the people that nobody else wanted to hang out with, and he loved everybody. That's why he sits at the right hand of others. No, no, it wasn't just that. Like, that's good. That's right. That's kind of being obedient, but that wasn't it. It didn't say he was God in the form of man. So he he was elevated to sit at the right hand of God because he was God who came to earth in the form of a man. No, no, no. It didn't say that at all. It said that he was obedient. That he was faithful to who God called him to be. He was faithful. And so we see this, right? We see it play out in another verse because it says this. It says, my dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But you will not sin. You're not going to live over here in death. I'm writing this so you don't end up here so that you will not sin but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. We have a faithful Jesus whose life, who was elevated to the highest place because he was faithful and right now, he is sitting next to God advocating on your behalf, being faithful. Man. I don't know about you, but like, I think like God was faithful when he created us. We walked away, and he was still faithful time after time after time after time. Again, in Old Testament and New Testament, people were unfaithful, and yet God was still faithful. He was crucified. He was dead and buried. He, ele- he was elevated to the highest place, the name above any other name, and yet there he is still faithfully interceding on our behalf. His life is a life of faithfulness. But if anyone does sin, it says, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous, the one who is faithful. He himself is a sacrifice that atones for all sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person's a liar. And they're not just lying to everybody else, they're lying to themselves. And it's not living the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they They love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. You see, the reality of it is if you wanna experience faithfulness in your life, you have to live like Jesus. Because faithfulness is living like Jesus. That's it. That's where we started. It's where we're going to end because there is no other picture because what we realize is when we live a life like Jesus, we have dependency on God's grace. It is committed. You live a life that's committed. You wake up in the morning, you say, by the grace of God, no matter what happens today, I am going to trust you with every area of my life, my job, my relationship, my money. My time, my attitude, the feelings that I have that are roaming around my head, God, I'm going to trust you with every area of my life, not just a little bit, not just most of it, all of it. What we find is when we live a life like Jesus, we trust in God's word, we're obedient. Sometimes we like to, you know, we like to we like the wiggle room, Right? You like to be able to say, yeah, but I mean, my situation's different than every. I mean, people haven't really walked in my shoes. Like God knows everything. Jesus lived as a human being and experienced everything. He is omniscient, omnipresent. He's all knowing. He's with you every moment of every day. Really? The reality of it is he gave you truths into your life and he's asking you to be obedient because he wants you to live a life and a life to the fullest, not a life of death. And a life lived like Jesus focuses on eternity. It perseveres. It keeps you going. It reminds you when you do wake up that you have to say to yourself, I'm gonna depend on God today and the grace that he's given me. And I'm gonna trust in the word that he's put before me because he has promised me that he will never leave me or forsake me. He has told me that he and his grace are sufficient for me. And I promise you this, that when you do that, you will get through the day and you will experience and meet people and live joyous lives because the creator of the universe is protecting and guiding and extending his grace before you. Marking your steps. You experiencing a faithful God in your life. I mean, I mean, that's really the question, right? I mean, it really gets us to the question. Like, what area of your life do I need to be more faithful? In what area of my life do I need to be more faithful? You know, if you'd stand with me for a moment, just bow your head and close your eyes. I want you to think about it for a second. I want you to just think about it. I mean, maybe it is your job. You know, there's been a lot of uncertainty in the world, and there's lots of opportunity, too. That always makes us, like, reevaluate. Check to see if we're really doing what we want to be doing. The question is, is it consuming you, though? Like, because the reality of it is we try to control things like that, and really they're controlling us, our attitudes, our demeanors, our decisions. Or are you just living into the moment that God has given you and just taking a moment to pause and not worry about what you can get or what ladder you can climb or if you're making enough money, but you're actually just saying like, God, in this moment, I'm going to depend on you. Reveal to me where I can live a life that is faithful to you. One that experiences and, and relays these fruits of the spirit, the spirit that I, because I've chosen to follow you. I want people to see love in my life. I want people to experience joy out of my life. I want people to experience peace out of my life. I wanna give patience to the person that no one wants to give the time of day to. Because my focus is eternal and I don't wanna live a life that's just 50% of my potential. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe you just wanna make everything so perfect for them because you want them to have a better life than you did, to experience something more because you just love them so much, that's what you want. The reality of it is you're never going to be able to manage it and control it to get what you want. There's always gonna be a disappointment there, but you can give them up to the creator of the universe and you can depend on his grace in their life and you could root them in his word to where when they get up the next day, they too can go forward. Day after day after day, living into the potential with an eternal focus that God has placed on their life. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe you feel like you've kept score. Maybe you're just like, this should have happened this way, and it didn't happen this way, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, here's the reality of it is, extend the grace of God to the person, give give the broken relationship up to God, experience his grace, root in his word, and love that person. Even if some days they feel like they're your enemy. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe you're just always trying to get the buck. The reality of it is where your treasure is there, your heart will be. And you can accumulate all you want, but you can't take it with you. And it will never be enough. Give that area of your life up to God. Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's your talent. Maybe it's your treasure. I don't know what it is with you this morning, but the reality of it is we all have something. I've got something myself. I'm thinking of it right now. And what I want you to do is this. I want you to take what you're thinking about, what's in your heart, what your mind has been going about, and I want you to take your fist and I want you to squeeze it as tight as you can and put it in that fist. You See, it's easy, right? We try to control it. The more we try to control, the tighter our grip becomes. But the reality of it is, it seeps through the fingers. It falls through the cracks. And I want you to take your hand and I want you to open it up and give it to a faithful God. Father, I ask that in this moment, no matter what's on people's minds, the anxieties that they brought with them, the pain that they brought with them today, the things that just control and command their decisions and their lives, I ask that they not follow those things, Lord, because they are idols. They, are, they lead to sin and death, Lord, but I ask that you would give them life and life to the fullest, that you would take those things that they've lifted to you, that you would bind them up and that you would cast them out. because we want to live life and life to the fullest. One where your grace goes before us. We trust in your word and our lives have eternal significance. Father, I ask that you reveal your faithfulness to us again today in each of these areas in our life. And may we, Live out that faithfulness with what you've given us, God, because this is a gift. This life is a gift, and we thank you for that today. In the name of your faithful son, the one who sits above any other name, Jesus Christ, we thank you for this today. In your name we pray, amen.